Welcome to For the Health of It, starring Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. She is joined by producer Mike Clark. This dynamic, sometimes crazy, sometimes funny, and always entertaining duo will inspire you to eat, move, sleep, think, and live better. You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. We are back in the studio, and uh, Michael, we have one of our favorite guests on today. I, I know. I love Margaret. She's Dr. Awesome. Margaret Miklas. If you remember, we've done shows on Lyme, and we've done shows on thyroid disease. Um, so welcome back, Dr. Miklas. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back. I've missed you both. We have missed you. And for our listeners, just to remind you, Dr. Miklas um, has a doctorate in naturopathic medicine. She's also an Ayurvedic practitioner. She teaches Ayurveda at Kripalu. Um, This woman has done so much. She's 10 years of clinical practice here in the great state of New Hampshire. Um, And she's just a walking book of knowledge on so many things that have to do with health. More importantly, she's really beautiful, too. She is beautiful. Shockingly beautiful. Oh, you guys are so sweet. We also have in the studio... Exciting today. (laughs) We also have in the studio Becky Stevens. Hello, Becky. Hello. If you remember Becky from... um, We did a show on emotional freedom techniques. She is sitting in as my co-host today. She can pipe up if she has an interesting comments. Um, And what we're doing is we're talking about something that I have recently done. Um, Basically, it's food sensitivity testing or the FIT test, the food inflammation test that, you know, all these years of doing cleanses, which are so valuable, this is like the fast track to knowing exactly what your body is sensitive to. So start off, just tell us a little bit about the value and understanding what you're in, what can inflame you. Great. Yeah, the food inflammation test. So a couple of years ago, um, well, let me just backtrack a little bit. For the last 10 years, I've been doing food sensitivity testing. Um, And I would probably even say longer than that, because when I was in medical school, this was certainly definitely something we utilized as a pretty important tool to help, help people get closer to understanding what would be good for them to eat. And then a couple of years back, there was a there was a gentleman that approached me um, who was coming up with a new test, um, a long-awaited new test, which is actually the only patented food allergy test, um, delayed hypersensitivity in the United States. And this is called the FIT test. It's a food inflammation test. And since this company has been has launched their technology, I've actually been using this test. So I've I've had an extraordinary amount of clinical experience. And in truth, I would love to order this test for every single one of my patients. Um, I recommend it to every single one of my patients. If people decide that they want to do it, that's another thing. But the reason that I have is because I have had such phenomenal clinical results. And when we get into understanding really the sensitivity and specificity of this test, you'll understand why I'm so excited about actually using this test in clinical practice and, and and absolutely can draw a direct correlation as to why I think it could benefit absolutely every single person from pediatrics to geriatrics. Well, she is well, excited seriously. about it. Well, and this new technology is so exciting because from an immunological level, this test is different. It is different. And part of it is when we when we start to look at IgG as u- utilizing this as a marker, that's just one arm of understanding food sensitivities. But what this test do, does is it also looks at this other inflama- very important inflammatory pathway, which is called the um, C3D inflammatory pathway. 
And this is really directly connected to complement, which is, you know, activated complement. This is our direct activator of our inflammatory response. So when I tell people about this test, I'm really telling them that this is a very important test when we're looking at your immune system. And I would say, honestly, Dr. Jenny, what's really important and fun for me to share with everybody is, you know, so many people are talking about gut issues, intestinal permeability, leaky gut. And this is truly a standalone test when it comes to understanding leaky gut and intestinal permeability. And the reason being is because it is directly measuring that inflammatory process that's happening really at a local level and a systemic level. So it's very exciting technology. In fact, it's truly the holy grail for food sensitivity testing. And I would say in all my years of doing, you know, IgG related testing, I really have launched into a new realm with this test and in my practice. And if you start talking to other clinicians that are also using it um, as frequently as I do, they're going to report the same thing with you, that they're just seeing such phenomenal results. And, you know, we, we train our clients through cleanses to try to gain this information through a food elimination diet. And, you know, you can really start to tell maybe how the body reacts to corn or wheat um, or dairy or nightshade vegetables. Um, but what really got me about this test was when I took it, I couldn't believe some of the things that I was sensitive to that created inflammation in my body that I never, ever would have thought to test. Well, how would you know? You right. Know? So example, yeah. one of my highest was vanilla. What? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I really love vanilla. And it was a three plus marker for me, meaning it, it creates quite an inflammatory reaction, which part of what I'm doing right now is I'm giving my body a rest from vanilla. And we'll see down the road if I can introduce it back in. How does this happen, Margaret? How does my body create inflammation to vanilla? Yeah, well, it's really interesting because it does really happen. So I want to I want to backtrack a little bit and talk a bit about it, the gut, gut and just remind everybody the fact that, you know, three quarters of our neurotransmitter production happens at the level of the GI tract. Two thirds of our immune tissue is actually living in the GI tract. There's ten times more cells than the rest of the body combined, and our and the GI the gastrointestinal metabolic activity is more than the liver. So if anybody wants to talk about what's happening at the level of this particular system in the body, we really need to, we really need to understand this food sensitivity piece because this is at the heart of it. I don't care what your diagnosis is. The truth of the matter is, is we know that if you have leaky gut or intestinal permeability, the chances of you having some other level of pathology. And the reason being is because at the level of the gut, when we consume food, that's the first place that that immune response happens. And so our body is receiving on a daily basis more antigens on a daily basis than that our entire systemic immune system is actually experiencing in a lifetime. Did you guys get that? Because that's hardcore. So basically your immune that's system like really is in your gut. Every you have day. an immune system in your every gut. Day so day what you're you exposed. eat So every activate. day that, yeah, every day that you consume a food, every moment that you consume a food that your body has to process it, it's saying, can we process this? Can this become self? And when it can't become self, what ends up happening, so let's think of the GI tract, so the, the small intestine, let's think about it as, you know, really a tubular um, um, system that is, you know, has epithelial, which is skin and cells. And there's, you know, there, there are things that we want 
to be, you know, to permeate this tissue and there's things that we don't want to. But when we have these antigen complexes that come into the GI tract um, that aren't right for our body. So let's talk about vanilla, Dr. Jenny, because that was a higher response for you. Eventually over time, what's happening is this antibody response. So this is actually T cell and B cell mediated. So you're, you're looking also at both arms of the immune system when you're talking about these food sensitivities. So everybody's sort of hands on deck when the foods are coming in. If there are molecules that shouldn't be there, eventually what's going to become, you know, compromised is the whole intestinal lining. And so what that means is, and when the person becomes symptomatic is not necessarily, well, sometimes obviously in the moments or moments thereafter that they're consuming the food, they're not feeling so great. And that could be more subtle, but when they really start to complain is when things start to happen at a systemic level. And so Truthfully, we need to remember that this actually, every time we consume a food, this is actually having a really significant reaction. And if it is the wrong food, you know, um, and you do have a severe high reaction, ultimately it's going to end up in, if you continue to eat that food and you compromising your GI tract and leading to some sort of gut permeability and potentially leaky gut. So why Does that explain that? Well, it does. And I think the confusing thing for people is why is it something that people might consider healthy? Like, for example, squash was another high one for me. You know, squash isn't necessarily a toxic food, but why is it yeah, inflammatory should, for me? I would me? think your body would be able to break something like that down. Yeah, I mean, I guess, it's, I guess I it must be so complex. Yeah, Cheez-Its. <laughs> yeah, Cheez and, I, and I think it's really, this is where it gets to be really individual, right? I mean, we do know for sure that 90% of the sensitivities are pretty much in eight food groups, milk, soy, eggs, wheat, peanuts, tree nuts, fish, shellfish. You know, so I can tell you, you know, the test actually, you know, runs, um, you know, 30, 132 foods. And there is a myriad of foods that I would say, I mean, I can't tell you that every time I run this test, and I run this test a lot, that there are... You know, every week I see 25 people that have a weed allergy. I can tell you that some of these allergens creep up um, more than others. But I can also say to you that I'm starting to see some things, you know, that I did not see originally when I started running this test. Like I'm seeing more people um, having problems with like baker's yeast and brewer's yeast, mm -hmm. agave, which you know how every we had that we've had haven't we had like an agave craze? Yeah, that yeah. was all the rage for I'm a while. I'm starting to see that come up really high for people that I did not originally see, and it really matches with you know, what, what we've seen, I would say like in, in a commercial, um, you know, the commercial product lines that we've seen really progress with, with that particular food. So truthfully it comes down to, and this is why I think this test combined with really looking at an individual's constitution and, you know, Jenny, Dr. Jenny and I have actually talked about this quite significantly that, you know, this is the whole goal, right. Is optimal health. And so, we can't forget about the GI tract when we want to, you know, address that. So if somebody comes in and they've got whatever the chronicity of their symptomology is, right, or their disease state is, whatever is going on with them, the bottom line is that you have to treat the GI tract. 
you know, part of what comes down to understanding constitution and how your body responds. I mean, this is the beautiful science that we in, you know, 2016 can look at, but we also need to look back at the ancients and say, okay, wow, these guys, they really cared about digestive fire. They really cared about this aspect and knew that disease really did start at the level of the GI tract. And the reason being is because, like I said before, when we're talking about just what's the potential for you to have, and who knows, like, could it be because you were you were eating more of the vanilla that more intestinal permeability happened and some of these other foods started to get a little bit, you know, you know, made you a little bit off kilter with your immune system. Yeah, or maybe it, I always had yeah. vanilla in my coffee. And if my body yeah, is so, sensitive right. to coffee, it became sensitive to vanilla. I've had that thought. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to know. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I've been doing a lot more of with this test is I've been testing more kids in in younger age groups. Like I've done many babies with this test and I love it for young kids, especially, you know, early on, um, breastfed or not. If you do this test, this is going to really help a parent understand, okay, well, what will be the next steps with introducing food? Now, if you knew that your child you know, was, you know, allergic to weed or was allergic to corn or was allergic to anything, you would probably be less likely to introduce that as a food, knowing that our immune system is not only developing from a GI, from the GI standpoint within the first three years of life, but we're really developing our immune system in the first 12 years of life. So the more that we can prevent, you know, we know that food sensitivities are on the rise. There's no doubt. There's been a 50% increase in adults and children in the past few years. Wow. So the truth of the matter is there's lots of factors. We could have a whole show on what all the impacts are, you know, and all the changes in, you know, agriculture and what are, what, you know, just us as a population, there's lots of reasons why this is happening, but this is not going away. And as far as I'm concerned, if you can address this at this level, your chances of improving your prognosis are so much greater, regardless of what you've been diagnosed with. So heal the gut and you're going to be able to get things a lot you know, better as far as your overall health is concerned. If you don't heal the gut, that's not going to happen. This is I so, truly believe it. So true. And you know, we need to take a break. But when we come back, Dr. Miklas and I have actually been working together to um, bring this testing um, in an affordable way to people. And I would love to talk through what it's like to get your test results back. And what do you do with this information? And how can it help? You're listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host is Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you're in the Southern New Hampshire area, you can schedule a health consultation and examination with Dr. Jenny. To schedule, call 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, go to www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com or call 673-5600. To find a chiropractor in your area, go to www.chiropractic.org slash doctorfinder. Now back to raw talk about full potential living for the health of it. We are back and we are talking to Dr. Margaret Miklas, naturopathic doctor and Ayurvedic physician. And we're speaking about the FIT test, food inflammation test. This is so cool. Uh, Mike, tell me, tell the listeners what we were talking about on our short break here. Yeah, I was wondering, what is the test? Like, I what mean, do I do? Y- yeah, do you like attach electrodes to my head or something? And <laughs> like, ask me, ask me what I ate yesterday. Be- Becky's cracking up over there. 
Okay, that's for you, Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really easy, actually. It is, it's it's just it's a blood test, first of all, but it, it's a quick finger stick. Um, finger stick. In, I can so easy. That. My 12-year-old daughter is like, yes, stick. I can do this. As long as I get a lollipop after. <laughs> Mike, I could do this while you're asleep. Oh, good. Seriously. Could you? And and, so, and tell them so how easy. you how you do the babies. It's so cute. Say it again. Tell tell them how you get the blood from the babies. Oh, yes, yes. This is my secret um, power, my secret superpower. So one day I had... It's not secret anymore. I know, <laughs> soon to not be secret, but it's okay. It'll help, it'll help the universe. Um, <laughs> one day I had a child who was a bit of a challenging child that came, came into the office who was uh, spectrum disorders, um, you know, on the autistic spectrum. And we were concerned because we were thinking this child, although small is very strong that we were not going to be able to get. So you put your finger out, you do a stick and I have to fill five slides with your sample. And so in the moment we realized, oh gosh, this isn't going to happen. So I'm like, okay. I said to the mom, I'm like, let me grab his foot. So I, I actually, I did it on his toe and so ever since then, with the little kiddos, I've been actually doing the um, sticks with their toe, and it's so much easier and, you know, really effective, and it's it, there's less nerve endings, so there's less pain, so there's less problem. So with kids, it's a really, 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 in, you know, easy thing to take care of. So I can um, handle it, actually. Mike is taking off his shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Mike, yeah. we can do that. We can do your toe. <laughs> So you, you get the, the tip of your nose. I haven't the tried that yet. There's probably not a lot of blood in the tip of your nose, though, unfortunately. I so don't you, want to so find you, out. So you basically do the test and you wait two weeks and then you get back this amazing, I got a packet and you even said there's an app now that. Yes, they're actually about to launch the app and my my practice is going to be one of the practices that they launch it with, which I'm really excited. I oh, just fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so with my population. Um, yeah, they, what, what they do is they do their magic in the lab and then they come back, you know, they're basically taking your sample and they're watching an immune response, including, you know, the C3D inflammatory pathway that I was telling you about earlier in the first show. And they are basing this on a reaction class. So they're looking at the specifics, you know, um, that relate to the inflammatory response. And so this is based on a reaction class, like I said, so it can go from five plus all the way down to no reaction. So we're dealing with severe, high, moderate, mild, excuse me, and then no reaction. So the truth of the matter is, is that you're really basing this um, and looking at your response, which I will say, depending on the food and depending on the person, sometimes even though there is more of a moderate response, clinically there isn't a moderate response, and that can be more information and understanding about gut, um, you know, lack of gut permeability and problems with intestinal permeability, because the more foods you see, in my opinion, this is my clinical experience, and the more severe you see. Um, this really leads to more of an understanding of what's going on at the level of the permeability with the GI tract. So we're looking at a list of 32 foods. We're looking at a reaction class, and then we're basing that on, you know, symptomology and what's going on with the person. And then basically what we're telling them is, you know, we, I have a treatment protocol that I use and, or, you know, the goal is then to eliminate, right. And then to take some time to repair, which is so important. And then at some point to reintroduce. You could find that all out from a blood test. Yeah, so I'm That's holding crazy. I'm holding my test right here, and I had yes. I had no severe reaction, which was awesome. I had uh, four high reaction, which for me was tuna, 
cola nut, vanilla, and squash. So we made an agreement. Dr. Miklos recommended that for six months, I take those four foods out of my diet. Um, and what will happen at the end of six months, Margaret? I'll introduce them. So at the end of six months, um, what we'll do is, and, and usually like, you know, the, the four plus and the three plus reaction class, the high and se- the severe and high, I look at those as really one reaction class because I don't see a difference in clinical symptomology. So I typically say remove those for six months. And then, you know, within the, the moderate reaction class, I say, okay, let's try eight to 12 weeks. And then if we decide we want to inter- re- reintroduce, it all depends. Like if somebody's really coming in with some progressive symptomology, like I have somebody that looks like she, uh, she has like a really strong lupus skin reaction. She doesn't have lupus, thank God, but she's severely allergic to wheat and to gluten, to dairy and to several other things. Um, Some of those are in the moderate food reaction class of being three plus, but the problem is, is that she has so much inflammation. I'm not convinced that in the eight to 12 week mark that she's going to actually be able to bring stuff back. So it all really depends. I give a, you know, a benchmark just so people can hang on to it. But sometimes, you know, you need to take the food out a little bit longer and do a bit more repair. It all depends on how long you've had this inflammatory and what, you know, or how advanced, like Dr. Jenny, you're so healthy. Like you don't really have, you have some like little bit of food response here and there, but you don't have what I just described from a skin standpoint. So if, if a person was just you know, getting better. And she was at the eight week mark. I'd say, Hey, listen, I'm really not recommending you reintroduce anything now. Let's log a bit more time. Mm -hmm. So for the person that is doing really well and wants to kind of try to reintroduce some of the foods from the moderate reaction class, I basically tell them, Hey, listen, let's try one at a time. You know, we'll really load you up for a few days or about a week and see if you have a response. If they have a response and it's not good, I basically tell them they need to remove the food longer if they don't have a response, then I let them bring it back into rotation. Okay. So that's not, they get to consume the food every day. It means they can consume the food like every four days. And so, you know, we really try, the goal is not to like torture everybody with taking out all the food. The goal is really to eliminate, repair, and reintroduce. Sounds like you have easy foods to eliminate though. I I do. Interestingly, vanilla. I I, I can live without vanilla. I I had a good dozen of one plus, which is very mild, um, which you don't necessarily even have to fully remove. The recommendation is just don't over consume, like maybe two, three times a week. Are you going to miss tuna? No. No. So the things, but the things that I, my one plus, I had enough of them that I'm, I'm just really taking a break for them because one thing Dr. Miklas, you said to me that I found really intriguing was when you have a lot of mild reactions over time, if there's a low, low level inflammation in your body in 10 years or five years, it could turn into a bigger problem. So the thought is at this point, I'm really trying to give my body the rest from any inflammation. And, you know, for me, I have coffee and I have gluten. And Dr. Miklas said, well, if I'm having coffee and gluten at the same time, I'll probably have more of a gluten reaction. So that's coffee was in your list. Yeah. Oh, I want to say something about that because it's really important. And Mike, I want to just mention one thing. Vanilla is actually very hard to remove. And part of the it's reason everywhere. it's hard yeah, to remove is yeah. so many hidden things. Yep, you're right. And I will tell you, with vanilla, people having responses to vanilla, you cannot believe what I have seen in my clinical practice. I have a woman that has the most incredible chronic hives, like 
never a day without hives and she has a severe response to vanilla and every single time she has vanilla in some way she has no idea that she's had it she just assumes she responds in the same yeah, way it's probably hidden in a lot of food it's a little right. bit of a trickier one and people get frustrated with that food but getting back to coffee and gluten so the one thing that we didn't talk about which i should just put a little attention towards is this whole idea about cross reactivity so there are foods so when i see somebody that has like salmon and scallops and um lobster and shrimp and all these foods that are really like what are they they're in the sea right they're seafood they're that's where they are that's where i start to say okay we got to pay attention to this because there's a chance that if you aren't even if you're not allergic to let's say haddock there's a real high potential that it could be cross reactive so right. we sometimes it's it takes some time and it takes some finesse and this is where i would say the marriage between doing something like this like using the science and using a constitutional approach then adding in the chiropractic like if you don't get better seriously i there there's in my opinion there's no chance you will not get better if you combine those three things you're going to be smooth sailing on the road to optimal health and a very short period of time if you listen to everything that I say and everything that Dr. Jenny says. And I have dozens and dozens of patients to prove that. It's so amazing. I must be really healthy. Becky's nodding her head. She knows this <laughs> stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. How, how long ago did you do this test? I did this. I, I did the test March 11th. I got my results March 24th. Yeah. And I started, I started the elimination on April 11th. Uh-huh. So I'm just under two months, do, two months can, in. Do, do you feel different? Um, I do. I obvious? actually find my energies a little higher and more even. Yeah. Um, very s- slight, because I didn't really have any di- major digestive problems, but slightly less gassy and less yeah. just uncomfortable. Like there would be days where I'd be like, wow, I feel a little bit off. Yeah. That's gone. Um, Thank God you're not as gassy as you used to be in here, Jenny. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I asked for that. <laughs> it's a little airtight in here. Like after what, eight years of the show, my <laughs> listeners are like, we don't need to know this. Um, I knew it would have to digress. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking very mild. I don't think anyone would ever be affected by this. Oh, good. But, you know, and just so just little subtle skin, some skin things I found have been improved. But what's even more interesting is over the last two months, I've had a few vacations and I've had a few opportunities to do small cheats. Like um, the other day I decided to have a coffee and I was so acutely aware of what that did to me. Really? Digest- digestively, it threw me into a little bit of a tailspin. I had increased, I was just sweating the whole afternoon afterwards. I wow. felt my hand, my, I actually had a patient say to me, it feels like your hands are shaking, which was interesting. So I, I just like any any food elimination diet, I, I had a more keen awareness of what the food does for me. So I went right back off the coffee, right? Um, because I'm used to matcha now, and I really enjoy that. Can Can you get this test done anywhere? I mean, can you go to Tests or Us and have it done, or do you need no, to go to a doctor? You can't. Actually, no, you cannot. Um, okay, I was just curious really, about that. It's, it's not. It's not. They're not offered, and they're actually getting when the lab first. Um, you know, they can speak to this a little more clearly because I'm not really involved in this end of it. But I, you know, there were the the lab is really growing. This test has been in production for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I've been running this test. Um, I want to say the test came out in 2012. What year are we? So for four years, um, they're really sort of tightening. They They were selling it to a lot of other labs. I think they're trying to bring it back home a little bit more. And it's, it's so it's, it's not widely available. I would say just from any doctor, you know, you really need to know somebody who's 
doing this. And I would say there, there are nuances to understand about this. I've learned so much running this test. Yeah, it seems like it would be nuanced. Like you would have to sit down with the doctor and kind of look at the list and figure out, you know, what you should really stay away from. And, you know, yeah, yeah. there's things that I would say, like you just, there, there is some, some solid understanding that needs to come from, understanding what's happening with the person, you know, most of the people right. that are coming to me, Jenny's sort of a unique case just because we want to do some work with this test, but the people that are coming to me, well, my practice, as you know, is what it is. It's, you know, I, I have a lot of sick people. So, but people are coming to me because they really want to make some changes in the diet. And where Dr. Jenny and I started talking about this was not just in relationship to her cleanse, but how can you get people to cross over? So a cleanse is a really great example. Like, so you do all this hard work in a cleanse and then you want to go off and go eat foods that you shouldn't be eating. Well, heck no. And so in my opinion, understanding if you can really be with a person, a practitioner who can guide you in this process to understand how to utilize this test in the most effective way. In my opinion, there's just, there's just no stopping. I mean, I've had so much great success with this test it's 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 been incredible, but no, it's not like a primary care test. I wish it was. Right. I bet our listeners I actually would... do think it should be on panels. I do think everybody should get this test, especially in the realm that we're dealing with now in our culture with so much food sensitivity and so much issue with immune related problems and our and our you know food. Dr. Miklas, I think our listeners would love to hear uh, just a quick laundry list. If you think of some examples of people who have done this test, followed your recommendations for elimination, what are some of the symptoms that you have seen go away? Wow, that's incredible. Um, 30-year history of chronic constipation, 30-year history of psoriasis and eczema, um, acne, definitely a lot of skin conditions, thyroid improvement, Lyme disease. I would say this is perfect, like everybody knows about you know, the fact that, you know, we should be eating, eating certain foods, but people get burnt out like, oh, I'm, I, I have Lyme disease or I have a chronic disease and I can't eat this, this and this. To me, this is a great way to say, oh, no, by the way, you can eat this. You, you don't have to torture yourself by not having these foods because you're not having an immune response. This is an immune test. Oh, my gosh. Anything endocrine, anything digestive, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, um, I mean, any endocrinopathy, really, truly, any skin-related, I cannot think of a condition that I haven't used this. And what about even pediatrics. with mood? Like, do you find depression or anxiety? Oh, kind of? gosh, absolutely. The, absolutely mood-related, any spectrum. I mean, it, there, there's been so many people that I've tested. The kids that get better, like this one child that I was telling you that was on the spectrum, this is a fairly recent case. We found it. I was really suspect, suspecting with him wheat and gluten and dairy. And part of the thing, you know, that they've learned with autistic kids is these are oftentimes inflammatory foods, you know, relating to some of the opioid-like effects from these foods. So the gluteomorphins and the caseomorphins that actually really affect the brain function, where there's absolutely a gut-brain connection, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that if we prove the gut, that the mood improves with that healing. Can you imagine and how grumpy I'd be? Nine times out of ten, so this, thirty years. <laughs> Say it again, what? I said, can you imagine how grumpy I'd be if I was constipated for 30 years? <laughs> Tell me about it. And then to come in oh, like my God. weeks later and be like, I'm pooping? Wow, yeah. that's not yeah. right. <laughs> Hallelujah, sister. I feel like I'm like, I'm like Eureka. I get like the poop yeah. crowd. No kidding. I'd walk around with a roll of toilet paper at all times. That's right. It's great news. I mean, it's trust beautiful. me, like if you can't eliminate, that's, that's a big oh, battle. Oh, my God, yeah. 
and it shifts, you know, people just, people really shift and they feel so much better. This, this kid, I want to tell you, so talk about like amazing. He, he really started talking. Um, I wish the mother could, you know, give her a testimonial. Maybe we'll get that sometime, but the, the little boy was having speech development issues, you know, being on the spectrum and, and he's talking and he's, he's got wheat and gluten. They know too, if he ever gets anything, he goes back and he regresses. So Fascinating. I don't know if that answers it, yeah. but every system, every system and every symptom, and this goes back to what Ayurveda says, you know, Agni, this is so important. The ancients knew what they were talking about, and now science is proving it. So we have to start in integrating ancient wisdom with modern science so we can get the most rock star results and get everybody healthy. I think you're being arrested. I love how you can hear the siren in the <laughs> background like, yes! I hope they're not here for me. Are they arresting me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the food police. <laughs> That's right. But I'm uh, in Vermont, so I think I might be safe. Yeah, I think so. So if our listeners want to find out more, you can contact me directly, Dr. Jenny Brooke, through sccvitality.com. And if you want to reach Dr. Miklas, I know your website is Living Natural Inc., livingnaturalinc.com. Um, any other recommendations for people who want to know more about the test, Dr. Miklas? All I can say is you want to make a good investment in your health, do this test. Um, I've done it. I've done it for my family. And I, I just... I can't say enough about it. I'm so excited. I'm really excited that Dr. Jenny is getting some results and really seeing the value of this. And I'm just looking forward to working with anybody who's really interested in improving their health in this way. This is baseline foundational medicine. You do this, the other stuff's going to come a lot easier. So I just encourage everybody, go for it. Spend the money and, and, and you know, it's going to be the best you spent in a really long time. Thank you. I agree. We are all about sharing tools for healthy living. Be well, everybody. You've been listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. Your host was Dr. Jenny Brooke, vitality expert and wellness chiropractor at Spinal Corrective Center in Amherst, New Hampshire. If you live in the southern New Hampshire area, schedule a health checkup with Dr. Jenny at 673-5600. That's 673-5600. For more information about Spinal Corrective Center, call 673-5600 or check out www.spinalcorrectivecenter.com. You can also find Dr. Jenny on Facebook at Spinal Corrective Center. Thank you for listening to Raw Talk about full potential living for the health of it. <laughs>